Well, hello, family. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to deliver what you want spoken today. We thank you for this great church, these great people, this, these great pastors. We thank you, Lord, that today that we'll receive everything we need to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. How's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians 4, 1. Ephesians 4, 1. Praise God. You guys try not to be so quiet. I come from a noisy church, and uh, they send their blessings. Pastor Danny is preaching this morning at our place, and I'm sure they are fired up over there. So uh, Ephesians 4, 1, glory to God. You ready? <clears throat> I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But, everybody say but. but. To each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we see here, notice it says one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one God, one Father, one baptism. But then it says there is more than one grace. Glory to God. There's more than one grace. So what we see here is he generously gives each of us uh, the graces, we'll say graces, that we need to have in life. So there are graces. And they belong to us. I want to talk to you today about transitional grace. Transitional grace. Grace for transition. You know, all of your life you're going through transition. Baby to child. Uh, uh, child to teen. Teen to adult. High school to college. Single to married. Sometimes from one city to another, from posi one position to another. There's always transition going on all the time. Uh, there are higher callings. Many of you having uh, listened and worked and uh, received in this church, you went from milk to meat. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You began to grow. You began to make a transition. Uh, some from borrower to lender. Uh, you, that's changed in your life. Perhaps um, there have been course corrections that you've had to make. You know, sometimes we thought certain things were truth, and all of a sudden we'll come up to this place, and, and all of a sudden we're just uh, finding out, wait a minute, what I believed wasn't in the Word. Yeah. And so you make that course correction. I know we've had that happen many times in our lives. And then you have, you know, you, you may have other reasons for corrections and transitions. Uh, there are three major reasons for transitions. Death, absence, and passage. Death always takes us into transition. When someone dies, particularly if they're close to you, you have to, move in a, you have to start moving a different way. 
You have to start flowing a different way. Um, when someone goes to heaven, it's a major transition. Uh, Pastor John left a year ago, almost this very time. Well, actually, this very time. And uh, so for most of us, he, you know, he was our pastor, and so we've had to make transition. Um, Miss Ann has had to make a tremendous uh, transition. Uh, and uh, along the way, we've had precious folks uh, uh, that we know very personally, uh, more than usual, uh, have gone to heaven, and it's caused us to have to make some transitions. I know you have as well. Um, and then when someone leaves... I'm sure around here you've had people leave the church over the years. We don't like to talk about it all the time, but it's happened. Uh, there are people who've left where you work. There are some of you, perhaps divorce happened. Uh, but along the way of life, somewhere someone leaves, and you have to make a transition. You made a transition this morning. You're, you're not seeing tall, dark, and handsome up here this morning who's usually preaching. You're stuck with me. You're like, what? Who's this person? But you're having to make a transition to um, flow with what's going on today. And I promise you'll be blessed. So um, when someone passes a baton, when things begin to shift, uh, some the president of the company gives it to the vice president or when the pastor raises up someone else or whatever happens, there's transition. There's something that changes in that very time. Uh, and so there's steps that we go through. And there's also this step, and I want you to really think about this because this is actually the title of the message today is stepping up to more. If you're going to step up to more, you're going to make transitions. You're going to have to make some transitions if you're going to go higher. And so that's what I believe, prophetically, that God is calling this very church to do. That you're about to go higher than you've ever been. You're about to do more than you've ever done. And you're going to do it through the graces of God. And you're going to do it through the graces that will take you through these transitions. Now, here's the secret to this, and if you didn't get anything else out of what I'm going to say today, get this. You have to let them. You have to let the graces bring you through that transition. You can actually decide not to. You could be stuck. The Lord has said that to me a few times. He said, now, you just refu are refusing to be comforted about this or that, and I'd have to say, well, yes, you're right. But nowadays, I choose to be comforted through the transitions. I choose to move forward in that. He's uh, said that to me enough that I know I should. Now, <clears throat> the world itself, church, we are so aware that this world is going through transition. I mean, you, you will have to have been locked up, blocked up, silenced, masked, whatever, over your eyes and ears and everything to not see that this world is going through transition. There is serious transition going on. And Jesus talked about it uh, in the scriptures, and he called them birth pains. Are you familiar? And so when, when you're having a baby, there's an interesting thing that happens. It's called transition. There's a transition period. And here's the deal. You can't back out. Oh, I'm not having this baby. No, let's go home. Not happening, honey. You're going to have the baby. It's going to happen, and you're going to have to go through the transition. Everybody there with you is going to have to go through it. 
you'll go through it the most, but uh, you're going to see some changes. But here's another thing about transition. Here's something about birth pains. They ease off. There's an ease. Mm -hmm. There's a place where there's been hard birth pains in this earth lately. I mean hard birth pains. But I'm telling you, we're just about to hit a place where there will be an ease. Mm -hmm. There will be. There will be. There will be this place where you will notice that um, your comfort level will be better again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It's coming. You know, um, it's, it's been like a, a two-year birth pain to me in, in the world. I know we've all been all right because of who we are. And, you know, we live in Goshen. Amen. But um, we, you know, this transition that we're in. Now, I, I personally do not believe that we're uh, right now at this next few stage, this next few days headed to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I believe that we are in the birth pains and they're going to ease off and there's birth pains and they're going to ease off. Well, what I'm saying to you is in these times when they ease, this is a time for us to run and get it. This is a time for us to be in this great awakening. This is the time for us to get soul saved. This is time for us to operate in everything that God has given us to operate in, particularly these graces, but all of the, all of the um, gifts of the Spirit, everything we need that's available to us, it's that time. And, you know, yes, we, we have used them and walked in them during the pain, but I'm telling you in this time of ease, I'm telling you, America will be great again. Amen. Yes, it will. Well, I don't, I don't know, Pastor, I don't know. I'm telling you, it will. Amen. It's great right now. It's just covered up. Yeah. But it's, it's going to uh, return and be even better. Amen. It will, our lives will never be the same again. They will be better. They're going to be better. I'm telling you, they are going to be better. And if I'm wrong about this, well, praise God, then they'll really be better because we will be at that marriage supper. Amen. But I'm not. I'm not. We're going to see uh, some great things. The church is waking up. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that even the people who um, uh, don't attend church or want to find out the truth? Or, I mean, we have people, we had, we had uh, lots of people hit our website this week wanting to know our address at our church. Interesting. Why? Because they want to know the truth. Yeah. People looking at, you know, we're, our website uh, shows that we are a Copeland church. I don't know if you all know who Brother Copeland is. Ha, 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 ha. Um, but uh, we're, we're, we're uh, partners with them, and so our website says that, and, and, and we're prophetic, and so um, people show up going, well, I wanted to come to a, a, a word church, a prophetic church. Why? Because they want the truth. Yeah. They're, they're tired of watered-down things. Amen. They've had enough fake news. Yeah. They want real news. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we can give it to them. And these are going to be the great times to do it. I need to get on with this message here. So praise the Lord. I just had to warm y'all up a little bit, I think. Yeah, see, now you know I'm on your side, right? Okay. You know, I, I'm sure that... Now, I'm not, I don't want you to get the wrong idea here, but I'm really sure that not all churches have the revelation you do. 
And, and I'm not trying to sound elite because that's exactly what we're against is this elite spirit that's tried to grab America. Um, but we've been so graced to have good fathers and good teachers. Amen. And we just know some things like the song, Goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, God really is good. Yeah. And so we're, we're so blessed to know this. We're just so blessed. But I believe right now God is calling us to a higher place. He's working with us to come up. Praise the Lord. So there's a call and there's a move up. And I want to say this to you. It doesn't require toil, but it does require some work on your part. There, you know, I heard Keith Moore say this morning, he said, we're not talking about works of the law. We're talking about good works. Amen. So that's where we would be. So it's um, also, and and I want to see if I can move through this with you and you get the picture here. It requires that we take some paths that are going to get you above the currents um, that are taking place in this world. That, That you're working from the realm of the kingdom of heaven and not just combating there. And I, I know that you all understand that perfect, perfectly. Um, because grace will lead us through this. Transitional grace is conditional. It is positional. It is locational. It is proportional. And it is theological. The Apostle Paul had a good thing going in Corinth, did he? I mean, he's set up, they're they're moving through things, they're doing good. He was a planter. He plants the church, but what happens? After he plants it, he has to move on and plant another one, and move on and plant another one. So he had to go through transitions. And the, the churches themselves would have to go through transitions. But his call caused him, listen to me, he that hath an ear, let him hear. His call caused him to make transitions. Okay, so he had an apostolic grace that he had to embrace. He couldn't just embrace pastoral grace. He had to, uh, he went from pastor to father. Okay, does that make sense to you? He went from pastor to father. So transitional grace would be conditional then because he would have to decide to obey God. He'd have to say, okay, I'm comfortable here. The people like me. It's going good. We're just rocking it out at church. Everything's great. But he knew he would have to plant that church and move on. Okay, so he did that. He also planted Ephesus, and uh, he had to turn it over to Timothy. So then he's moving on from there. So grace is is also, uh, there's, it's a, a transition is, uh, the transitional grace, sorry, is positional. Yeah. Trying to talk too fast. Got to slow down a little bit here. So Timothy and the, the church body, uh, they're having to make transition due to what? Passage. Yeah. Okay, I set this thing up. Now I've got some other things I need to do. And so here's Pastor Timothy. And he knows to do, and has been. he's my son in the Lord. He's been raised up, so he's well able to uh, take you on. 
And so they had to become subjugated to the grace of transition. Now, I've been around long enough to watch this. And um, I've watched uh, Pastor John transition out and another transition in. It's very, very difficult for people who wouldn't move with it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we want him. We want because everybody loved Pastor John. And so I could see it was very, you know, people are like, and I'd hear this statement, well, I love, well, I love so-and-so, but Pastor John's always going to be my pastor. Well, I love so-and-so. Are y'all with me? So, so there's this emotion, but they didn't lose him. He just had to do his job. So in themselves, they needed to recognize what was going on in him. Are you walking with me? Going down? Okay. So then what we also see here is uh, grace defines your place. And if you're not in your place, then you're not secure. You feel uncomfortable. Timothy was in his place, so he got right in there. This morning, Danny is preaching for me, and she's in her place. And she's comfortable doing it. I'm here, I'm in my place, I do this, this is what I do, and so uh, I'm comfortable in it. Now, location um, is something that you kind of have to submit to if God's calling you there. Uh, I lived in Chicago for a time, and before I went to Chicago, I I lived in San Marcos, Texas, anybody know San Marcos? Okay. Okay. So I lived in San Marcos, Texas. I, I worked with Pastor John in a church there. And uh, Pastor Mike McComb, you may remember him. You may know him. Uh, worked with him. Uh, worked with uh, Pastor Walt Landers. You may remember him. He's in San Angelo. And uh, so, um, but we felt like we needed to go to Chicago on a job assignment, which was a blessing because we ended up at Bill Winston's church. Yes, glory to God. That was fun. So, but it, so people told me this, though. You two country girls are going to the city? What's the matter with y'all? What are you going to do up there? You will hate it. You'll just hate it. We loved it. It was an adventure. We were with great people. The Midwesterners were so friendly. The city people, they're, they're, not, they're not like Texas people. They, they don't have the same kind of manners that we do. But we still loved it. We loved the adventure. And going there actually set me up for the next uh, thing I was supposed to do in my life. I then went out to Marble Falls, started a church. And I'm, I'm real comfortable in the country towns. Can you tell? Well, so, but, but, but I love John and Ann, love John and Ann, and so just wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. So we had this scheme, the four of us had this scheme that we're going to, we raise the church up, and then, and then we're going to find a pastor for that church, and then me and Deb are going to come up to McKinney, and we're starting a business together. Yeah. I mean, we moved the whole house. We did everything. We just moved. And we're there. But interesting enough, we're driving home every Sunday to go preach at Victory. And so, uh, we, it, I mean, the, the work was there. The friendship was there. The, the, um, the, 
everything, the love was there. Us four, we worked well together and everything. But there was one thing missing, the grace. Yeah. We hated living up in the Metroplex. <laughs> I mean, it was like every time you try to go somewhere, you have to call someone every 10 minutes to tell them where you are in the traffic. <laughs> you know? And we were like, I was like, I hate this, but, but I love Pastor John, you know. And so, that, but uh, interesting enough, we finally just threw up our hands and said, we're going back home. So we packed up and went back home, and we are now in our 20th year in Marble Falls. Amen. And very happy there, and not planning on leaving unless transition happens. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So um, there is a grace for places. You have a grace for this place. So if you have a grace for this area, then you have an anointing for this area. God's using you in this city. God's using you in this area. He's using you in this church, and you need to be aware of that. I'm going somewhere bigger, so just hang in there with me. Transitional grace is also proportional. Now, this is a, a big point right now, because the grace of God repositions you. Listen to what happened to the Apostle Paul. When he began to answer his call and go through these transitions, miracles started happening. Miracles started happening. As you go through this transition to the next level in this church, miracles are going to be everywhere. This is the time you're in right now. Miracles everywhere. Miracles at your hands. Miracles happening, happening all the time. And listen... When the smallest miracle happens, just get on it and stay on it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, so much. Thank Glory to God. Thank you. And they will continue. That's right. They will continue. You make that transition. My lawnmower had a flat yesterday way up by the road on my property. I was mowing. I had one day to mow because I'm leaving tomorrow to go preach at the ProfCon in McKinney. And uh, the back tire, the guys will like this story, but the, the back tire just went out. And so it's just on the rim. You know how it comes off the rim? Okay. So uh, I was like, man, I can't leave it up here because John, John is our, our number one man. He does everything for, for us. And I said, John won't be here till uh, Monday and I don't want to leave it way up here by the road. What am I going to do, Lord? Don't know if anybody is home that I could call. So I was just like, okay, Lord, me and Deb are going to do this. We're going to get that tire back on there. And so I go get Deb and, hey, can you come with me? I need some help. So she comes and she helps me. And we go and get a tractor. We have a tractor, a little orange tractor named Scoop. And um, he's, so we scooped up Zeke. Zeke is the tractor. John names everything. And so we rode up on Shodi, which is our little... So we rode up on Shody, I rode up on Scoop, we lifted up Zeke, and then we said, well, we're going to have to go get the air compressor. And so we're taking all these steps to go get, I mean, and, and what do you know, the electricity was off because John's working on putting some stuff in our greenhouse and everything. So we had to carry the compressor over and load it up and get it working, and it wasn't working, then we got it working and everything. And so when we got right up there, and that tire's just off there, and I'm thinking, this has to be God. He has to do this. So we had it all ready, and I reached down there, and I put that air on there, and I said, okay, Jesus, now it's your turn. And that tire went, Poof! 
and jumped right back on there. We took it off and drove off, and I'm going, now, now see, some people go, well, you know, they do that. Jesus did that for me. Now, I don't have to take a care about my fancy lawnmower sitting out on the highway, right? So think about things like that that are happening for you. And start glorifying God in that. Don't just take it as, there, there's no such thing as, as just, um, you know, uh, good luck. Well, there is a luck is of the enemy. You know, we want something way better. There, there, there's no such thing as, it. well, it, it just happened. It, it, it happened because God did it. Amen. Amen. Amen? There's no coincidences. That's the word I was looking for. It was running out ahead of me. I had to catch up with it. The, the, there's no Hebrew word for coincidence. Mm -hmm. And so I know Jesus did that. And so this is what I said. Just like you did that, my tomorrow is going to go. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Just like you did that. Yeah. Just like you did that. Mm -hmm. That's right, brother. In place. Mm -hmm. Put you in your place. Wow, we just went to another level right there. I felt it. So um, my church has been in transitions, and uh, even now. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to watch leaders grow up. Yeah. And they get, I was just, just talking to Lauren about that, how um, it's, it's great when people catch. Yeah. You have to catch things about authority. Yeah. You have to catch things about being submitted to authority. Because people think it's, you're not the boss of me. Don't try to be the boss of me. You know, we all said that when we were kids. I said that to my big sister all the time. You're not the boss of me. Uh, but that's not what submission is. Submission is taking the authority that you're wearing and placing it next to the person who's, who has the anointing and who is responsible for that ministry. And, and uh, so I, I learned early that I need to make John and Ann Holler look good. Mm -hmm. That was my job. I was the assistant pastor, so I made them look good. And so I, I caught it, and I think it's because he's such a, a great teacher. Uh, and, but then, uh, so it got off on me, and so that's happened in our church. The people have caught it. They, they know what they're doing. And so I'm expecting... Uh, more and more transition, more and more miracles in that area. Area, and uh, now this, these graces for transition uh, are proportional. They're proportional. Um, you will go from one level to another, Amen. and that's what's happening to you right now. Now you're going to have to be aware of this. If, if you're just real surface, and I hate to use the word the earth is flat nowadays because we have a lot of people that believe that, um, <clears throat> I'm not even going there. No, Lord, no, no. So, <laughs> but, you know, there's just people who, you're, they're going to hear me today, hopefully it's not you, but you'll hear me today and then leave here going, eh, it was okay, it was okay. Um, I think it was something about grace to be, in transition but if you heard me today mm -hmm. you'll know that God's trying to tell you something yeah. okay. 
that higher level is coming to you today. Okay. And just this, this other that may sound a little silly to you, grace, transitional grace is theological. The only point I'm making to you there is the Bible affects your brain. You, you change your way of thinking. When you, when you receive a transitional grace, you'll start thinking different. You'll start, your focus will become different. You're like, okay, well, I'm moving to another level. You have to, some of this you have to spiritually sense about yourself, church. But also, your thinking will then connect to that. Now, I want to say this right here because I'm going to go around the corner now and, and teach you something. This is not a sermon about changing churches or moving away. If he called you to, you'd talk to your pastor and you'd know what to do about that. Uh, But if you're willing to submit to the grace of transition, you're going to be surprised how good your life can get. It can get really good. I I want us to look at Psalm 1611. And I'm going to show you some things. I want to show you now how that we can do this easily. Psalm 1611 says, I think it's up here. Yes. Thank you, Becca. You will show me the path of life. You will show me the path. Everybody say path. Path. Of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now I'm going to give you some other scriptures. Rebecca could just put them up there quickly. Psalm 25.4 says, make, know, make me know your ways, O Jehovah. Teach me your paths. Everybody say paths. And here's Proverbs 4.26. Ponder the path of your feet. And all your ways will be established. Say paths. I'll ponder my paths. Amen. So, when you transition from your house to H-E-B, thank you, Jesus, for H-E-B. If you've lived in another uh, part of the nation, oh, my goodness. Thank you for H-E-B. Anyway, praise the Lord. Important things here. Um, When you transition, uh, you're going to take a path. What, what road do you go to go to H-E-B? Somebody tell me. See? Everybody know? It's coming all over the place. You knew the path. You know exactly how to get there. Here is a major key for you for transition. You don't have problems to fix. You have directions that need to change. Now, we'll work with that for a minute so you'll get the picture. You don't, you don't have problems to fix. You just need to change directions. Mm-hmm. You just need to change directions. Uh, the best way to be led in life is by the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, we're all word people, so we can, we can hang with this. We know this. Um, and you need to follow the Holy Spirit as if you're driving down the road or following a path. He's your GPS. And he will lead you the right way. And so we're following these paths. Now, the thing about roads is they lead to the same place every time. 
When I go home today, I'll take 16 over to uh, Fredericksburg, but it won't lead me to Kalamazoo. Uh, it, it won't le it'll lead me straight to Fredericksburg. It's not going to change. Everybody's seen this movie, The Wizard of Oz, have you? And so Dorothy gets some instructions on how to get to Oz. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow, follow, follow. You just going to follow? I mean, she gets the instruction over and over. They write a song about it. Right? So what's she going to do? She's going to follow the yellow brick road. And guess what? She gets to Oz. And it, did she get to Oz because she was such a good person? She got to Oz because she followed the road. Right. Click, 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 click. She followed the path. She followed the path. And you only need two things to get from where you are to where you want to be. You just need two things. That's all. You need time and a change of direction. We, well, we were driving around New England this last week, and a couple times we passed the turnoff we wanted to take. It took a little bit of time to U-turn and for Siri to connect back in. I use the Aussie gentleman on Siri, and so he tells us what to do. And it just took a little bit of time, and we turned around, and we got right back on where we wanted to go. So you just need some time, and you need to follow the directions. Just follow the directions and you're going to end up to where you want to be. Now, uh, we have to look ahead to stay on the road, do you? You're not supposed yeah. to be looking in the mirror. You look ahead mm -hmm. to stay on the road. Now, Proverbs 27, 12 says this. A prudent, which would be a wise, okay? A prudent man seeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and suffer for it. A prudent person understands, church, that life is connected. So in this verse we see the simple, or we would say naive, that's a good word, naive. With the simple, there's no connection between today and tomorrow. Are you, are you there? There's no connection between today and tomorrow. And so they live life as if it's just disconnected. And so we have to break the habit of drawing a circle around individual decisions and events and dismissing them as isolated occurrences. Well, I'm going to do this not thinking that tomorrow it will be hindered because you did it today. Yeah. You with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. So on these paths, uh, we're going to have to make some connections. Today and tomorrow are connected. Yeah. What you do with what I say today will be connected to your tomorrow. You can circle it off, isolate it, and say, I'm going to wait. Maybe Pastor Bird will straighten all that out. And maybe he'll, I don't think he'll need to, but if he did, so be it. But the path that you choose to walk on today 
is going to influence your tomorrow. It's not isolated. Think about the times that you've, you've just let some powerful emotion uh, appeal to you and turn your head, grab your attention. Let's just talk about a few of them. Zero percent financing and no money down. <laughs> Man, she just makes me feel like I used to feel. But he's rich. Now, little missy, that's how business is done around here. Mm-hmm. No payments for 12 months. Oh, he is selling that $5,000 vacuum cleaner, and he is a college student. Maybe I should buy it for him and have these revolving payments for the next 32 years. Maybe not. A single woman says, I want to marry a great Christian man who uh, really has his act together, but then she continues to date anyone as long as they're cute. A single guy says, I want to have great, a great sex life when I get married, but he practices with every girl he dates along the way. Everybody looks straight ahead. <laughs> a married woman says, I want to have a great relationship with my husband, but she makes the children her priority. A husband says, I want my kids to respect me. As they grow up. But he flirts with every woman in the neighborhood. You say you want a deep relationship with God, so you get up and read the newspaper every morning. I want to grow old and be a blessing to my grandchildren, but they neglect their health. See, these are not isolated. The newspaper today will not create the relationship with God tomorrow. Now, I know many of these things, you guys are, are way grown up past most of this stuff. You know love, you know how to love people. But people live with this every day. People do this kind of thing every, every day. We were looking at a car to buy once for our travels and our ministry and stuff, and we went up, and the boy, it was a sale job. This car, no, 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 no. We're like, yeah, okay. Well, we do have to pray. Uh, you know, well, it's only going to be on sale this long, you know. So we walk over, Lord, you want us to buy this car? We will. If you don't, we will walk away. And at the same time, we both heard, run! <laughs> we walked over and said, goodbye, we're leaving. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But see, those emotions, do those emotions work on you? How many people do you know, and you all are family here, how many people do you know that emotions made people leave the church? Oh, yeah. yeah. They just, that pastor just won't do what I want. He won't promote me. He won't do this. He won't do that. And you're thinking, goodbye. But where would they be if they'd have stayed with them? And the little lady who keeps coming to church, but the husband doesn't want to go there because we're all too noisy and rowdy as if God were nervous. <laughs> well, if you go to another church, I'll go with you. But it never happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's quiet in this church, I'm telling you. <laughs> Deb, you're going to have to be real loud. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing. So uh, I know you are thinking... 
you know, we want our families to attend church. We want our children to attend church, but then there are the people who want their kids. I mean, I've got messages. Please pray that my kids serve God, but they're not even going to church. Your kids, even as grown-ups, your grown-up children, church, are going to do what you do. They're going to do what you do. So the list goes on and on. It's not rocket science. If you choose to do certain things, you're going to arrive at a certain destination, and it'll be entirely different than what you wanted if you don't make the decision now. If you don't change what you're saying, if you don't change what you're doing, if you just, you know, what do they used to say? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and thinking you're going to get a different result. It really is true. It's just true. You'll just keep going. You just think. I've got one box of Twinkies left. We all know. I'll eat it, and then I'll start. It's an isolated event. I know, we're all guilty of that one. Praise the Lord. Well, not Twinkies probably, but something better. Praise the Lord. So we break that habit. I want to say it one more time because it's so important. Break the habit of drawing a circle around individual decisions and events, dismissing them as isolated occurrences. They are not. And then we have these transition steps that we really need to make and we can choose them. Now, prophetically speaking to you right now, this church has a great call. I feel it, I know it, I know your pastors, and I know how Jesus feels about this church. There's a specific anointing on this church. God didn't call this church to supply hearing aids and wheelchairs. He called this church to open ears and cause the lame to walk. He called you to miracles. The others okay if people need it, if they're not receiving But you are power-packed, filled, sitting here, miracles ready to happen. Thank you, Lord. And this is the next step in this awakening. We just got an upcharge on that right there. This is what's happening right now. During your praise and worship, miracles are about to break out. During the preaching, miracles are going to break out. The next time you go to H-E-B, miracles are going to break out. Attention, attention. There's a healing service on aisle three. Watch out for the produce. Move through. I'm kidding, but I'm certainly not kidding about this. It's a time of miracles, church. And you'll have to transition into this. You'll have to put your faith out there. Use your faith like a tool about miracles. Well, you know, miracles only happen when the Holy Spirit wants them to happen. He wants them to happen. This is the time. Brother Hagen taught us that healing, signs, wonders, miracles, all those things are the dinner bell. There are people out there right now, they don't know what to do. 
They are so confused about life. They're in such fear. I've never seen such fear in the world. And you are sitting here with their answer. Not just your pastors, not just all your leaders, you. You are walking in an anointing. You are walking in a strength. And you have the gifts. The gifts of the Spirit don't belong to just the five-fold ministry. They belong to all of us. And you, you may need some help being led through that, but now is the time to make the transition. Find out about it. Find out what you're carrying and move into it. Move through it. There, there are things happening right now. You can lay your hands on someone and they are going to receive life. You can speak to someone and they're going to receive life. And, and, you, and, and don't hold back. Some of you probably remember this story. I love this story. Pastor John and Miss Ann driving down the road. There's a guy pulled over, and they see a guy laying out on the road. And he's just laying there, looks dead. Girl walks up to him. He is dead. Pastor John walks over to him and goes, Lord, thank you for this man's life. And I know he's with you now, and we, we, we thank you. And, you're gonna, and he's just praying over the situation. All of a sudden, here comes Miss Ann. She flies over jumps down in the middle of the man, cross on top of him. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke death. And the man sits up. <laughs> Pastor John goes, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Accept the challenge. Did you know that most people that you'll reach out to pray for, they'll receive it? Yeah. Can I just pray for you today? And they'll go, Okay. And they may be a little uncomfortable, but they'll receive that anointing. Yeah. They'll just receive it and just, and you don't know what happens. You may never see them again, but you'll know in heaven. You'll know what happens soon after that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is what, what we're about now, church. We are going through these transitions. He didn't, he didn't call, call us to, to entertain. He called us to change lives. That's real easy for us. We're not that kind of church. We're not looking to be seeker-friendly. We're Holy Ghost-friendly. We're not going to leave the Holy Ghost in the back room just so that someone won't be offended. We're going to operate in the gifts because, church, that's really what people want. Every person really wants supernatural. And here we are, a bunch of supernatural people. Here we are. I mean, why do you think they want to watch those silly zombie shows and vampires and all that? Why do they want to watch Marvel? Super. Super. And here you are sitting here with the real thing. You're here with the real thing. You're packing. You're here with the real thing, and you don't need to leave it concealed. This is a weapon you can pull out. Amen? Amen? You can, you can, you, you, it's just, it's time. It's time that we begin to move into these things. It's time to make the transition now. So today, when you know God's unctioning you, don't isolate the event. Well, I'm not going to do it this time, but I'll do it next time. Don't isolate the event. I feel the presence of God. Don't isolate the event. He's empowering you. Don't isolate the event to move up. And if I could please say this to you, and I know it's well taken in this church, 
It's time to move up financially. It's not a sin to be blessed. The Bible clearly tells us what is the blessing and what is the curse. Sickness is under the curse and poverty is under the curse. Mm -hmm. The blessing belongs to us. And the Bible says the blessing makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The world riches will add sorrow to you. That's why money has you. But if you have money, it's a different story. Then you can help somebody. See, if you're going to help somebody, you need some money and some anointing. If you're going to help somebody, that's what you need. You need to have uh, God flowing through you financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally. God needs to be flowing through you. Thank you for that.